Um, good evening. Tonight, I would like to talk to you about the wonderful kingdom of God. There is an earthly kingdom, the church, and a heavenly kingdom, which is heaven. Tonight, we're going to discuss, one, what the church is, two, when the church was established, three, how does one get into this church, four, why should I want to be in this kingdom, and why is this kingdom so important, and five, how does one stay in this church? Throughout the many years, there have been hundreds, if not thousands, of kingdoms that have been established. Many kings and kingdoms have risen, and many have fallen. Tonight, if I asked any of you in the audience to name kingdoms of this world, you might list Britain, France, or even the Roman Empire that, has been men- that was mentioned in the Bible, or maybe even kingdoms in the Old Testament that God allowed his people to defeat. But tonight, we're going to talk about a much more important kingdom. In fact, one of the, the most important kingdom of all, the kingdom of God. For my first point, I'm going to talk about what is the earthly kingdom or the church compared to the historical kingdoms of man. The main difference is the church is a spiritual kingdom, whereas man's kingdoms are material. In the kingdom of the world, as represented here, power is represented here by the gold pinnacles and the gold symbols on the outside. In this man-made kingdom, it is all about land, money, power, and privileges. But in the kingdom of God, the doors are open to the lowly, the humble, and the weary. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. It reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God chooses people for his kingdom that would not normally be chosen by man. Man only wants the people that are useful to him. But God chose lowly fishermen, a tax collector, and even a doctor to go out into the world and to preach his word. 1 Corinthians 1, 28-29 says... It says, God chose lowly things of this world and despised things in all things that are not to nullify things that are, so that no one may boast before him. This is saying that God did not choose the most popular of people to go out and preach his word. He chose people that man would not find useful to him, just normal, everyday people like us. And in this kingdom of the world, many kings rule these kingdoms, and they set whatever rules they want, and they make it to where it's nice to them. But in the church of God, Christ has been given all authority into this kingdom. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the, t- very end of the age. Jesus says to this, the disciples that he wants them to go and preach his word to all the countries and cities around them, and that whenever they go and preach this word, 
Jesus will be with them always, and he will help them and guide them through all their trials and tribulations through these countries and whenever they preach the word in all these different cities and to the different types of people. Second, we're going to look at the history of the church. The church has always been in the mind of God, even from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. It was established on 33 A.D., on the day of Pentecost, when those first 3,000 people were baptized, and God added them to the church. This is mentioned in Acts 2 when Peter talks to the people on the day of Pentecost. And this kingdom is eternal, because those who die in Christ will live forever, and therefore this kingdom never dies. Daniel seven twenty seven. It says, Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people, the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. Daniel here is saying that God's kingdom is going to last forever, unlike man's kingdom. Man's kingdoms will fall, and they will crumble, but God's kingdom never falls. It is an eternal kingdom that goes on forever. Third, we're going to look at how does one get into this kingdom. Today, many people try to enter the kingdom on their own terms. They think they can either buy their way into heaven or just believe in the heart or just simply be a good person to get in this kingdom. But these are all false teachings. There's only one way to enter in the kingdom, and that is through Christ and his teachings. Acts 2.38 explains how we get into this kingdom. Peter tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was God's way on the day of Pentecost to let those Christ- to allow those Christians in the church, and it has not changed since. It is still the same today. Matthew seven twenty one says. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is talking to the people on the Sermon of the Mount about how man might try to enter in by false teachings, but he says they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They have to do the will of God who is in heaven to enter this kingdom, not by what they think they can do. The only true way to gain access into this kingdom of God is through Christ who bridges the gap of sin, as you see here. John fourteen six. Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Just like Matthew seven twenty was twenty one says, Jesus tells them they cannot get in by their false teachings of the world. They have to come come into the kingdom the way God wants them the way God asks them to, expects them to come into the kingdom, like Acts 2.38 says. Fourth, I'm going to look at a person here who might ask a common question as you all in the audience might ask today. His first question is, why should I want to be in this kingdom? Well, one reason you want to be in this kingdom is the blessings of this kingdom. Ephesians 1.3-14 explains these blessings, but I'm going to read Ephesians one. 7 through 10.
verses 7 through 10 read, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This is one of the greatest blessings we will ever receive. The fact that if we do God's will and repent and be baptized, that we will have forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. No one, else can get, no one else can give this but God and Jesus Christ through his blood. And with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us his will of being baptized and according <clears throat> to his good pleasure. Second reason why you should want to be in this kingdom is eternal life. We all have a soul, and contrary to what the world believes, when we die, our soul will live eternally either in heaven or hell. Whenever we die, we don't just, we don't just stop. Nothing happens. We go either to heaven or to hell. Now, some differences in heaven and hell are mentioned in Revelation 21, verses 3 through 8. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from the eyes. There will be no more death or mourning nor crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. This is explaining how it's going to be in heaven. It is saying that there's going to be no more crying or pain like in this world and no more death because the old order of things has passed away. But verses, and now verses 6 through 8. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cause from the spring of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, all those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consinged to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Verse 8 explains the type of people that are going to go to hell. And first is the cowards. <clears throat> and some characteristics of hell is consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur, separated from loved ones. There's no hope. There's outer darkness, unquenchable fire. You are away from the, from the Lord and the presence of Satan and all of his demons. The main reason I want to be in the kingdom in heaven is that the king is there. I want to be with the king that loved me so much that he died on a cross for me. Second Peter one ten through eleven. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things you shall not stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome to the eternal kingdom of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Peter is saying here, if we do the will of God, you're going to receive a welcome by, G- for the, by the king that died on the cross for you into this kingdom of heaven. The second question is another question you out there might be asking. Why is this kingdom so important? Well, first off, it is the only kingdom to survive. Daniel seven fourteen. It reads, He was given all authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His domain is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. 
This is saying that it is the, unlike, earth king, unlike earthly kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of heaven never dies. It is an eternal kingdom, and it will last forever. The second reason why this kingdom is important is because it is God-established. Matthew sixteen eighteen. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Jesus is saying here that he's going to build his church on solid ground, and that he will not allow Satan to destroy his church. He will protect it and allow it to go on. And just like the second point says, it is the only kingdom that is not man-made. It is God-established. Fifth, and finally, we're going to look at how does one stay in this kingdom? One of the greatest parts of this wonderful kingdom is the great king who is also the good shepherd, or Jesus Christ. He rules over his sheep or members of the church with his grace and with his mercy. The shepherd truly loves his sheep enough that he laid down his life to die for us. Um, John 10, 1 through 18. Out of this passage, I'm going to be reading verses 9 through 11 and then verses 17 through 18. Verse 9 through 11 says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 17 through 18. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees that he is the only way to get into heaven. You can't get in by any other way. And that he will protect the flock from Satan, unlike a normal person who will probably run away, unlike the uh, hired hand who will run away and hide because he has no purpose for the sheep and he cares nothing for them. To stay in this kingdom, you must stay focused on Jesus. But that does not mean on your own accord you cannot stray away or fall away. But if you faithfully follow Jesus and his word, he will be there in, trials, in the trials of life and lead you from the kingdom of God on earth, the church, to the kingdom of God in heaven. Tonight we have looked about the wonderful kingdom of God. We have learned about what the kingdom is, when the kingdom was established, how does one get into this kingdom? Why is this kingdom so important? And why should I want to be in this kingdom? And finally, how does one stay in this kingdom and live eternally in heaven? We want you to be a part of this kingdom. The Good Shepherd knows your name, knows who your name, and has called you through his word. Tonight, will you hear his call? Thank you.